Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. And uh, I'm so excited you're you're fired up. You want to tell us all about yes and. I certainly do. Yes, I yes I do, and I have a lot more to say. So uh, I was coaching some folks uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks in a really sticky situation that I'm sure our listeners will have encountered many times. The sticky situation is that the business wants a whole bunch of stuff, and so they perceive that as kind of the um, irresistible force um, rushing toward them, the tsunami of lots of things that the business wants. And uh, they saw themselves as the immovable object with uh, all the, uh, the, the need to protect the team uh, to, to stop this tsunami, to, to resist the uh, irresistible force. And, and the folks I was coaching said, gosh, Squirrel, this is really overwhelming to us. You know, we feel like it's stuck and, and these unreasonable people, if they would just be different, life would be better. And so uh, it, it may not be surprising to at least folks who've listened to us for, for a long time that my response was not, uh, here's how to make your ir uh, um, immovable object more immovable. Uh, I didn't say, here's, here's how you can really resist it. Here's how you can turn the tsunami and have it fall on somebody else. Uh, I didn't say that. It was much more of a judo move. So kind of using the, the weight of the incoming uh, requests to, to turn them around. So I said, Here, here's the technique you use. And we role played this. We drilled on it a lot so that they would get the idea. And uh, it sounded something like this. Yes, I would really like to do that set of things that you described. Those are in line with our business goals because they agreed and things that were coming in were, were valid. And those are uh, important things to do. We would like to prioritize those. Those sound great. And we can think of some options for how to do that. They're not perfect options, but there are ways that we could do um, many of the things that you're describing. And here, we've written them down for you. And we don't think these options are perfect. We think there are some things that you probably won't like about these options because we, we've, we've tried hard to come up with a method that would meet as many of your needs as possible, and we haven't succeeded. And we'd really like to work with you on that. Could we work on the options together? And wow. this completely turned it around because the previous experience, and I, of course, was also helping the, the folks on the other side, the sources of the tsunami, the tsunami creators, and they were saying, these people always say no. All they say is no. We live in the land of no. You know, this noism has to end. And uh, I said, yeah, I can see why you would be frustrated by that, because all of the things that you have are very valid and important. And uh, to cut to the, the end of the story, uh, after they after we drilled on this a lot, it took a lot for them to, to really accept that this was worth trying and, and to get the language right and to, to work on it. This is an advanced technique. This is hard to do right. And they, they'd used it, and they came back and they said, squirrel. We came up with an option. They liked option one, and we changed it around a bit, and now we're doing option one. And you know what? It's not going to overwhelm the team, and it's something that meets a lot of their needs, and we think it's a good idea. So we started. And by the time they came back to me, they had already started the new sprint using those methods. So that was a story I was very excited about. And I, <laughs> I thought this yes and technique was something that you would want to hear about, Jeffrey, and that listeners might value. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I am very excited in, in hearing you tell me the story. Uh, you know, it, the first thing it reminded me of when you talked about this tsunami coming and their job, and I liked the way you said it, it was to be the immovable object. You know, it reminded me of the article that we had in a MIT uh, Sloan uh, review um, on the walled garden, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the problem of uh, people trying to protect their team. And when they're successful, they create this... Uh, uh, walled garden that, that, that the team lives within. It, that sounded like that was their aim. Is that right? To kind of have the team, the, the team in a sort of peaceful, productive space? 
well, they, they certainly would have liked that to be the outcome. They were having a lot of trouble getting there, but they certainly, their mindset was, how can we protect the team? How can we keep the team safe? And you'll often see cartoons and things in agile coaching tweets and so on. I've seen a lot of this, that the, the job of the manager is to protect and shield the team. And of course, the thing that can result from that is you shield them so well that they live in a bubble and then outside the bubble, outside the walled garden where everything's beautiful and manicured and perfect, the zombie apocalypse is going on and the, <laughs> um, you know, the, the crazed um, pull requests are, are stalking the land and, and causing chaos in every direction. And that's often uh, what we see. And that's what the article is about. We'll, we'll link to that um, MIT Sloan uh, review article in the show notes. But uh, they, yeah, they would have liked to have uh, a protection for the team. The problem I had to tell them about was the protection was impossible. They weren't going to be able to create that protection, and it would have been terrible. The results would have been a walled garden of the type I was describing if they had succeeded. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to come back to that, because I think a lot, some of our listeners would probably part ways on this to be like, no, no, absolutely, your job is to protect the team. And I'm with you. I, I, I don't think that that would be long-term healthy. You know, I, I'd like to deal with that separately, though, because there is always this challenge that... Uh, some people will say, well, yeah, sometimes we're not able to do that. And, and that's, it sounds like that was the frustration is they, they weren't, didn't see how they were going to be able to be immovable. They were, they were going to be moved. <laughs> yep. And, and if needed, they were going to be, I suspect, I don't certainly don't know this, but they, they would likely have been moved out. They would not have stuck around in the roles they were in had they continued with an absolute no immovable object approach. And that, that's usually what happens if you, if you say no that firmly to your boss, you you don't stick around in the role that you're in. Exactly, and that and and that was that part reminded me of something else, which is we recently did talked at uh, CTO Craft, and a, a, another link here for the show notes is we talked about how to talk to your talk with your CEO and other mysteries, <laughs> and and the first thing we started with there is how important it is to get on the same side as your boss as your CEO, and uh, how different that is for for CTOs. This is often a, something that they're not aware of, and and because they often fall into this. Um, this role of, of feeling that like they need to be saying no because they can see all the problems with the requests and they, and so they rather than saying yes and they're like they they might say yes but <laughs> maybe they don't go as far as no but they're like uh, but they will say you know but we're going to have a problem then with uh, a technical debt or but it's not going to scale or you know but we have other deadlines or you know but and buts uh, which are effectively become no's and and uh, can have the same kind of dynamic. And that was why I trained these guys very carefully, and we drilled on it a lot to to say yes and. It's hard. I kept catching myself saying yes, but, because it's a very natural English phrase to say, yes, but here's a different view. And so when you say yes and, you're opening yourself up to uh, something else very much, as as you were telling me, Jeffrey, uh, as people do in improvisational theater. Uh, that's right. And uh, another link here for the show is that this yes and is something that uh, comes across. I, I heard of it once as the first rule of improv, but I, I may not have that exactly correct. Um, and, but it, the idea what the, and the idea was you were told that to accept whatever comes to you. Oh, Jeffrey, yeah, I forgot to tell you, um, I, I have become a supervillain, and uh, I, I have a cat here, and I'm stroking it, and I'd like you to join my uh, plan for world domination. Could, could we talk about that after the podcast? <laughs> and if I and if I say yes, and we can continue. <laughs> I love your idea for world domination. In fact, do you have a newsletter? Because I'd like to sign up for it. <laughs> Sounds perfect. I'll, I'll get you signed up afterwards. And listeners, you might want to join as well. Perfect. So there's our little improv uh, to, to throw everybody off. But by contrast, if I reject what you say and try to redirect it, it falls flat. 
Mm-hmm. If, if I say, but uh, that's that's not a cat; it's a dog. <laughs> that then it it interrupts the flow. That doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> exactly. And and the reason it it interrupts the flow is because um, suddenly we're not on the same side. We're not aiming toward the same outcome. If you say, "Hey, we're going to head for taking over the world," or even if you were to play along with it and say, "Yes, and I'm a superhero. I'm going to come over to your house and and foil your evil plan." Uh, that would work too. That would be a yes and because you're coming along into my reality that I have created in this improvisational fantasy and um, you're participating in it. In the same way, and this is why it's a dangerous technique, you have to be careful. You're joining the other people, the source of the tsunami in this case, or whoever it is that you're saying yes and to, you're joining them in their world. And you may not agree with their world. So you have to be careful. You have to genuinely join them. You have to have genuine common interest, maybe partial. You don't have to be complete overlap, but you have to be able to say, yes, I do agree. And if you're not genuine about that, it's not going to work as, as in your um, uh, switching my cat to a dog. It, it, it's not going to, it's going to fall flat. Yeah. I, you know, and this, that part where you just said there, um, they need to genuinely agree, really remind me of David Burns. Uh, and a link in the, to the Feeling Good podcast. And he has something in his Five Secrets of Communication. The first thing he has is called the disarming technique. And the disarming technique, he talks about when you're being attacked unfairly, that the the way to, um, the proper way is to to respond, is to find the truth in what the person is saying. Jeffrey, I forgot to mention, you're always late to the podcast. I can't <laughs> believe you're always late. And it's really annoying me. And uh, I think you should stop being late. <laughs> and so I should say something like, you know, uh, y- yes, I can see that I'm, I'm, I am really annoying you, and my my lack of uh, uh, being on time is is impacting you, and uh, and 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 you know that's one of many flaws I have. <laughs> and you know, can you can and, you and tell please me tell more? me more? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me more about the impact that's had on you? Yeah, and in fact, I was late for this podcast, so I was intentionally attacking Jeffrey in an unfair way. <laughs> but with his very good disarming technique and his advanced skills, he's able to say, "Well, actually, there's some truth in what Squirrel is saying. There's not very much because that was a pretty unfair attack." But I wanted to illustrate it for listeners that uh, you actually have a remarkably different conversation, and you can break through very quickly all kinds of difficult positions if you're able genuinely to find the truth in what the other person is saying. But this is hard. This is not something. If you've just started listening to us and you've just started practicing this te- technique, these techniques, maybe start with curiosity and transparency first. <laughs> start with, start with one of the easier ones. But uh, this one, used well, um, can have remarkable effects. And 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 the, I think the key here is it is the it comes from being open to what the other person is is saying. And I think this is the hard part is, is, is it means getting, it's not a, a simple technique of, of parroting back what the person said and saying, yes, it's something deeper. It, you have to listen and to go beyond what they're saying, beyond the position that they're saying to what their real interests are. And in, in, in NVC, I would say it's something like listening for the need. So someone is describing something and what you're listening for is the need that they're expressing, not simply the words that they're using. That NVC is nonviolent communication. As always, link in the show notes. <laughs> That's right. And in, 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 in nonviolent communication, they were talking about, you know, listening with your whole body. And there's listening, not just with your ears, not just the words, but listening with your whole body to like, what is this person really expressing? And, and it's in that finding uh, uh, the yes and uh, in your example, one of the things that when you were describing it was going back and part of saying, you know, yes, there are these things that we value. And yes, we would like to get those things that you value. Yes, they're aligned. And 
here, you know, and there we have some concerns, <laughs> you know. And not even just focusing on the concerns. Here are the options. We can see some ways to do some of it. And our options are imperfect. So you have to get all, th all three elements. Yes, I agree with you. We're aligned. And here are some options. Here are some ways that I'm showing that we're aligned. And um, I, I would like some help in improving. Would you like to join me? Can we get on the same side here? Uh, can we both be, uh, instead of firing tsunamis and, and immovable objects at each other, could we work together and pull on, in the same direction? Yes, and and that and that was something. When you you've taken something here, and this is why I was excited to talk about this. Also, is you've taken something that I principles that I've heard of and I've used most often in the context of brainstorming. Mm -hmm. And so there's an element here that uh, I've I've used yes and in brainstorming <clears throat> explicitly as a rule, uh, which is you can't say no to people. Everything you have to respond with a yes and, and and build. And it's also in spirit something I've used when using the six thinking hats where as an example of parallel brainstorming, the power comes that people are all pulling the same direction. Uh, and that therefore the things build on one each other. And so, and you're bringing that in when you say, come, come in, not just your concerns, but with options. And I really like that proof of, you know, evidence that you're on the same side. Uh, and, and your options really don't have to be very good. So your options could be, Look, I can see a way for us to do just one of the 17 things you've asked us to do. That, that's as far as I got, but I would love to do two or five or 16 or 17 of them. And could we work together on that? Because I've got this far. I got as far as one. Yes. Can you help me? <laughs> and it, and that's just, you, what, what you've done here is made a great dynamic uh, in the group that you've gotten on the same side of the table which is the goal. And that was what we talked about in the CTO crafting is you're, you're trying to make it, we're on the same side, uh, now looking at the problem uh, uh, together. And what's really different about this is, and so I said, I've, I've seen this kind of dynamics before. What was exciting me, to me was you introducing it in this scenario uh, where uh, rather than being brainstorming was essentially people can use it in a place where they feel a bit afraid where it felt unilateral, where it felt, where it felt demanding, uh, and they were struggling for a response. And uh, that's just not a scenario where I have um, thought to introduce before in the sort of, yes, we're all clearly going to go off in this space to do brainstorming. Yes, we're, we're doing this thing, uh, this, generative, this generative process together, but I really like how you've translated it very directly into uh, a taking what could be a confrontational discussion and making it this generative one, making it that kind of creative space that you want to have, because that that is the goal, right? We we should we should be trying to be the kind of open and creative uh, routinely, not just in when we make special brainstorming time. And and that's what led me to it is I kept hearing them saying, "These are great ideas. We'd love to do all of these ideas." There's just not capacity to do them, and we just have to keep saying no. What we need to do is say no more firmly so they really hear us. If we could just say no to all of these ideas and get a chance to get on top of things and grow our team a bit, then we'd be in better shape and we could do something. Because we agree these are great ideas. I kept saying, but just start with the agreement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop starting with the no. Start with the agreement. Start with the yes. And then instead of saying but, which leads you back into the disagreement, start with the and. And that's how I got to the improvisational technique that we talked about today. All right. That's, uh, I think that's a, a fantastic story. And I, I just thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. Well, I enjoyed telling it and I hope it's helpful to our listeners. They know how to find us. It's at conversationaltransformation.com. You know, agileconversations.com, the name of our book also works. So you, you can get to the same place. So whatever you can remember, come and find us. 
send us a tweet, send us an email, get in touch with us by fax machine, whatever works best for you. And of course, we also like it when you hit the subscribe button, because that means that you'll come back and listen to us again. So whatever app or tool you're using, hit subscribe. We'll be back here again next week. We're at something like 144. We have no intention of stopping. So come back and hear some more ideas from us, and uh, we'll uh, see you next week. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.